This is your host, Reese, with Finding the One. Episode two is all about negotiables and non-negotiables. I would like to thank everyone for checking out the first uh, podcast, my first episode of my podcast, Finding the One. Uh, It was about red flags. Uh, For those of you who have heard it, thank you. I appreciate the support. I appreciate all the feedback I got. I was very surprised. I did the podcast not really knowing how it would go and got a lot of positive feedback. So I just want to thank everyone who supported that. Um, This topic is very interesting. Uh, I feel like it's very important for a lot of different reasons. Um, I'll give you a um, definition I saw online that I thought would really help drive home the point. Uh, Non-negotiable. A personal value or activity that is not open for discussion or negotiable. So in relationships, you have to have non-negotiables. And these non-negotiables are factors that you just cannot, cannot budge on. Like you stand by these based on your values, your morals, how you was brought up. These are things that make you you. And if someone doesn't have these same things or someone doesn't, your partner doesn't, aspire to attain these things whatever they may be it's it's a no-go for you so anyone who's confused about negotiables and non-negotiables obviously negotiables are things that it's more of a preference but you don't have to have or you're not set in stone it's more so of a yeah it would be nice if if they had this but it's not necessary to feel loved or to feel wanted Um, So just really quickly, I want to tell all you, uh, if you I love feedback, I love hearing from you all. So I actually made an email for everyone. It's called Finding the One Podcast. That's Finding the One Podcast at Yahoo.com. Finding the One Podcast at Yahoo.com. So any feedback, any comments, any uh, positive criticisms or just... um, potential topics that you would like to dis- talk about or have me discuss. I'd uh, love to hear that. Definitely always excited to learn more. The point of this podcast is to learn from each other and just learn from life experiences. So let's start in since we were already talking about the non-negotiables. We'll start with the non-negotiables and then we'll go to the negotiables. So after getting feedback from several of you all, uh, some of the things that I heard were non-negotiables were abuse. So abuse is huge. I mean, a lot of people have experienced abuse in their background, how they were brought up, uh, whether it be verbal or mental. Um, Actually, episode three will be about abuse. So I'm just going to touch on it just a little bit here. But episode three uh, is all about verbal versus uh, mental, which one's worse, what's the effects, things like that. So, but yeah, so I I completely understand uh, the person that told me this about the abuse because abuse is huge. You know, everyone, everyone wants to feel loved. Everyone wants to feel respected. Everyone, everyone wants to feel valued and that their opinion matters. So, you know, uh, abuse of any sort, whether it be physical abuse of, you know, harming this person because they spoke out of turn or mental abuse of degrading them or putting someone down because they don't see eye to eye with you. It's it's very uh, disheartening to say the least. So another one, my personal favorite was uh, the love of animals. Like I love animals. 
Uh, I think they're amazing. Uh, for anyone who has a dog out there, you completely understand what I mean. Like, they cost. They're costly, and they, they are a responsibility just like a child. But I've, uh, anyone who owns a dog or has an animal, like, dogs are, like, always excited to see you. You could have left two minutes ago. You come back to the house, and they're just like, where you been? Like, and then anyone who has a child, I'm sure you've left the house, came back, and your kid's like, oh, okay. You know, especially when they get older, they're just like, oh, okay, good to see you. You know, they, they're not as excited. But your dog is, like, running around and jumping up and down. And, you know, everybody's dog does something something different. But my dog is so excited. Like, after I come home from work, it's just, like, the most exciting thing. Dad's home. Like, so, like, you not liking dogs is, is definitely a deal breaker for me. Like, that's unacceptable. I wouldn't give up my dog for adoption. I wouldn't lend it. People always try to say, oh, can I just borrow it? No, I was like, no, absolutely not. You know, I love my dog as if it was a person. So I never, I, I don't even loan people the dog. Like, you can't even borrow for a weekend. So other things I was hearing from people about non-negotiable was family slash job security. So this is huge because essentially we're all adults and i mean obviously there could be non-adults on this channel as well listening but i would assume everyone's an adult and job security is huge i mean with the recent covid challenges it makes it that much harder because a lot of companies have downsized or downgraded or a lot of people have been furloughed with no set date of return so we're just going to take out that aspect of it we're just going to say the person's track record and their character. For example, as far as job security goes, like if you've ever asked your spouse like about their resume, like, hey, so, you know, where'd you work? What'd you do? And if they always like a red flag for me, t- touching on the first one, would be, um, so, yeah, I worked at McDonald's for three months and I didn't really like that. So I went over to Burger King for seven months and that was cool for a while but I didn't really like it. and and it's the that's the job security I'm talking about like I I understand I can relate to people uh, at any level and I feel that you do what you can until you can do better so you telling me oh it really wasn't for me it was only eight dollars nine dollars an hour is like well you when you signed the paperwork you knew it was nine dollars an hour so don't then after you start getting your paychecks, like, oh, it wasn't what I expected. The work was a lot harder. Yes, I understand. Some of those low paying jobs are one of the hardest working jobs you will work. Completely understand. However, comma, you have bills and you have things that you need to take care of. You have a family you need to support if you guys have children together. So you can't just up and quit like You know, when you have children, you have to be mindful that you have to focus on more than just feeding yourself. You're feeding a family now. Your family, especially as a man, like I've always been big on that. Like I don't have children personally, but like as soon as I start having children, I am definitely second. Like my opinions, my thoughts, ideas, all that on hold because those kids are the most important thing. Because essentially it's your job to not only raise them and teach them right, but it's your job to provide for them because they can't financially provide for themselves and have no way of providing for themselves until at least 16 at the earliest. So for sure, family and job security is a non-negotiable for a lot of people because they feel that if you already have like a careless, oh, I'll get a job, maybe I won't get a job. 
you know, oh, unemployment's good enough. Like, if you have that attitude, that could be a turnoff for a real go-getter. Because a go-getter is going to want you to either meet their energy or match their energy. Or even surpass it. But not be way under and significantly uh, failing under that level of expectation. So that's not going to work for a go-getter. It's not going to work for a lot of people. But some people, it may be a negotiable. Maybe they feel like they can build up that person and they feel they can get that person to the level that they would like them to. But a lot of the people I spoke with, they said family and uh, job security is definitely a non-negotiable. Um, another very important one is feeling supported and loved. Um, most people have a natural need to feel loved or a natural need to feel supported. So when people were telling me this was a non-negotiable, I was just like, yeah, this is a no-brainer in my eyes. Now, maybe you don't need to feel loved or supported, but... I definitely appreciate someone uh, when they love and support you, whether it be a friend, whether it be a relationship, whether it be your spouse. You know, it's just nice. Sometimes it could be a business partner that supports you and loves you, you know, and and it can be love isn't just like, oh, I'm in love with this person. It could just be like, hey, I've been through some stuff and, you know, I'm going through some stuff and you just being there and saying, hey, I know you got a lot on your plate right now. If you need to talk, I'm there for you that's love. You don't have to go like, oh yeah, I'm madly in love with you. You know, depending on your relationship, of course. But, you know, it could be as simple as, I know you're going through some things. I'm here for you if you need me. You can always reach out to me as a friend, a partner, whatever it is our relationship is. That is loved and supported. Um, Another one is that I didn't necessarily think about because I feel like as an adult, it's kind of common. Like it's kind of a, this is what should be anyway standard. But Uh, Someone said bad hygiene, like that's a big deal break. That's a non-negotiable for them. Like you can't have bad hygiene, which makes sense. I mean, if you shower or bathe or take care of your personal hygiene on a regular, do you really want to share your bed with someone who doesn't or someone who struggles with hygiene? Uh, Now, obviously, there's obviously medical things. There's some people that have like certain things that are medically related. Obviously, we're not speaking of those, but just people who just generally just don't take care of themselves. Uh, and their hygiene, I, I completely understand that being a non-negotiable. Um, another one was a deadbeat parent. I think that's huge. I think that's 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 huge, especially if a uh, huge on the non-negotiable, especially if you don't already have kids. Like if you don't already have kids, as a single person or as a person without kids, you judge people that have kids because you wonder like, okay. And you, it's not necessarily like, oh, you think less of them, but it's more so of you look to see how do they take care of their kid? How do they respond to their kid? What does their kid know? Like, is there is their kid worldly or, this, or does their kid kind of live in this little bubble? Does their kid, you know, understand things? How, you know, you try to watch from a distance and say, you know, try to see how they raise their children. Now, obviously, everything's situational. Obviously, everything's circumstantial but you know being a deadbeat parent is is just the worst and I feel it's definitely a non-negotiable because essentially you might want to have a child one day with this person so if you see a guy for an example who oh yeah I'll, I'll find somebody to watch the kid uh what you trying to do tonight like they never are like oh you know what I have to watch my kid tonight do you think we can schedule this day or that day or 
um, I'm free at this time or that time, but I, I have to make sure my kid has a sitter or I have to make sure they always make sure to let you know that not only are they being a responsible parent by uh, finding, making sure that their home situation is taken care of, meaning their kid has a place to be or uh, their kid has arrangements, pre-made arrangements already. But they're letting you know that, yes, I value you. However, I still this is a huge part of me and this is a huge part of, you know, what I believe in, what it, and what uh, makes up makes up me because kids are huge. So, you know, so I think a lot of what I've been hearing from a lot of people is that like women and men, they look at to see how you raise your child, because that's important. You know, some people believe um and one way of raising a kid or another way, there's a whole different, you know, that that's a going to episode for another time. But definitely understand that. I think the most hugest thing for me, which on the non-negotiables was negative energy, negative energy. I save this one for last because negative energy could really push or drive a relationship. For example, if you're a positive person, you've always been a positive person, you've been a real ideologist, you've always had great ideas, you've always felt, you've always just been able to spark an idea, maybe, like for me, sometimes I'll daydream, and then I'll write down this great idea I had, because I I don't want to forget it, or uh, I was thinking about something, and I was conversating with something, and right in the middle of the conversation, you wow, that would make a really good business idea, or wow, that would make a really good service, or something like that. But if you have a spouse, or you're potentially dating someone who is always providing negative energy, like, I didn't understand how important that was until I got with someone who was always positive and always supportive. Like, for me, I remember a time I came up with an idea, I don't remember the idea, but I came up with an idea And they was like, no, that would never work. And where would you get the financing? And how could you make that work? And who would really buy that? And who would really do that? And just having that negative energy, I'm going to be honest with you, for go-getters and for people who are very ambitious and very optimistic, it will just kill your light bulb. I mean, just imagine that your light bulb is bright and every time that person gives you negative feedback or doesn't say, hey, you know, I think this is a really great idea. However, I think I would tweak this little uh, part of it. It would just like slowly just dim your light, just dim your light. And it, and it's really people don't understand how important positive energy is. I didn't know that until like maybe the last couple years of my life. So I made sure to always put it out there. Like, even if I don't think the great idea, I would say, you know, I'll hold my peace and I'll say, you know what? I don't see the vision or I don't understand it. Can you explain it more? Or here's what I was thinking. You know, maybe if you do this small little tweak, it'd be great. But I never I would never put down somebody's idea and be like, that's dumb. That's stupid. And if you look at just the history of all the people who are millionaires, billionaires, They had people that believed in them. Barack Obama had Michelle Obama. Do you think if Michelle Obama told Barack, hey, uh, 
that's stupid. You'll never be the first African-American president. They would never elect an African-American as president. Would he be our 44th president? Probably not, you know, because it just depends on the inner person. Because for some people, it'll kill their light and just kill their motivation to want to be great and want to come up with change or come up with ideas. And some people, they'll just cut that person out like a cancer. It's 50-50. It just depends on how much confidence, inner confidence you have. So when you when you're dating someone or when you notice like a friendship or a relationship of any kind and you notice that that person is always negative, try to find a way to cut that person out of your life. For me, um, I think the easiest way is not to just straight confront it, but to kind of dial back and kind of like be a little less available, be a le- less social and just see if that person notices. And if they don't notice and you're able to just ease out of life, that's cool. I know growing up, um, my parents would tell you that I used to just go head on with it. Like, why don't you do this? And why don't you do And then sometimes, you know, you're going at it full first because you're full of like energy and you're full of all these questions and full of all this, why is this? Why is that? And you realize, you know, well, you don't realize that it's just like, hey, you know, essentially, it's just that that's how the person is wired. Like, that person's wired like that, and they might not even notice that they're wired like that. And I had a conversation with someone who was negative, and they didn't even realize how negative they were. So I would say, depending on your relationship with them, for example, if it's a coworker, Maybe you just hang with that coworker a little less, or you just kind of keep to yourself and let that coworker be negative and spill their stuff with other people. If it's a spouse, maybe you need to reevaluate your relationship. Say, hey, you know what? I, I always have these ideas, and I feel like every time I approach you with the ideas, you don't always give me the best response. You don't even think about my ideas. You just automatically shut them down. It's different if you was like, hey, you know what? I gave this some thought and I really think that, you know, these are where the areas where it can need just a little bit more tweaking. And these are the areas where you might have a couple problems, you know, and that anybody can respect that because not only did you think about my idea, but you thought about how to make it better. You thought about you. You looked at it in a different light than maybe I've looked at because maybe I only looked at it this way. And you've looked at it this way. I wasn't so narrow-minded. I was more open to see it like this. But if you approach me automatically and say, that's stupid, it'll never work, or this will never be profitable, or what is your thought? Like, why would you even come up with this? Like, you dummy, and you start with real negative words or just negative modem. It cannot, it could either, one, have a trickling effect of the person come back and go, you know what? It's okay. Never mind. And then you'll wonder why people will stop sharing things with you or people will stop sharing ideas or stop wanting to be around you as much or not be as available as much. Sometimes you have to just self-reflect. And if you are that negative person, self-reflect on why that is the case. Like, is it something from your background, something that happened to you that made you feel this way? Were you always in a negative space? Uh, growing up, it's, it could be as possible as the household you grew up in or the people you surround yourself with are not dreamers or believers. So it's really hard for a dreamer or a believer to deal with someone negative uh, because you just kill their dreams <laughs> and they want to be around someone who they feel supported by. 
So going on to the negotiables, as far as the negotiables go, uh, some of the feedback I received was where you wanted to live. For example, some people, the world we live in today is a lot different from the world we, our parents and grandparents lived in. The, and I'll say that because if you ask our parents or grandparents, a lot of them were born in a state, lived in a state, you know, got all their education in that state, started a family in that state, and more so going to pass away in that state. Now, that doesn't mean they don't travel, but they just never got out of that comfort zone of, oh, uh, I could possibly leave the state of Illinois. Like, it's a possibility. They didn't even consider that. It was just like, well, here, I have my family. I'm comfortable. I have a good job. You know, and I get that. It's a different mind frame. The new generation now, they're traveling more. I feel like I feel like with the generation now, they're like, as soon as they turn 18, they have passports because everybody's traveling more. And I want to say not only are people more optimistic to see more things and more interested in new experiences, but I think social media has really pushed people out of their comfort zone because with so with Snapchat and Instagram, you might see your friends and they're over here. And even though you were like, oh, you know, I'm not going to go to Iceland, for example. I'm not going to go to Iceland, but... And then you see all these nice pictures that your friend took and you're here and there. And you're like, wow, like I really should have went. And that's kind of how it happened for me. Like I had a group of friends who weren't as excited to travel. And then I went out to Bali and I had a great time. I mean, I love the people and the culture and the food and everything was just very um, different from what I was used to. And the interesting part about it was this was a 16 hour flight. I never in my life thought I would take a 16 hour flight to see the other side of the world. But when I went, it was just so eye opening. It's night and day how Americans are versus Balinesian people. They're a lot more helpful. They're a lot more, uh, let's get this done. Unisys, they have pride in their country. They have just pride in their everyday life. You know, they don't see the, uh, there's not such a huge uh, gap of poor versus rich as it is over here in America. Uh, so it's, it was just very enlightening. And it was the first trip other than Mexico where I went uh, further out of the country. Because I, I kind of consider like Canada, U.S., uh, uh, Mexico, all kind of, you're on the same continent, essentially. I mean, technically it's a different continent, but it's all essentially the same continent. So when you go further and you go outside of your content, that's when you really see and learn about life. So when you have those experiences and you see how people live, you're okay with seeing maybe moving out of the state, maybe even residing out of the country. I I know people who don't even live in America anymore because they've traveled to, let's say, Bahamas and they love the Bahamas and they did the research and the way the world is now, you can run your business from anywhere. All you need is an internet, uh, Wi-Fi and a laptop or phone or both. So a lot of people aren't limiting themselves to just being in America. So obviously for different people, some people are like, no, I have to have my support system. No, I have to be here. I can't without uh, my family around and some people are like hey I'm down for wherever if we can financially make it happen 
and we wouldn't struggle, then let's do it. Uh, For some people, I heard age. Age was a negotiable thing. Uh, It's very interesting with the age thing because it plays a lot of different factors. There are people who want someone significantly older than them. And when I mean significantly, I mean 15 to 20 years older than them. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, you're in your 20s, 30s, whatever. Why would you want someone in their 50s? Comfortability. Some people are just in search of comfortability. They're not really so much of, you know, who that person is, but they want to be comfortable. They know by like 50, 55, you figured out your life. Maybe you've already had kids and that person doesn't want to, you don't want to have kids. And it's like, okay, your kids are grown and we can just move on to a different chapter of your life. So for some people, they want the comfortability. Maybe it's the comfortability of, hey, you don't have to work. You just, all you have to do is these set things and you're good, but you never have to work again. Some people want the comfortability of the lifestyle. This person is uh, very financially savvy and you feel that your um, people in your age range haven't figured it out yet. But you have to also realize you're in your 20s or 30s Everybody in their 20s or 30s haven't not figured it out as well. Like some people in their 20s or 30s have figured it out already working towards their goal, working towards their five-year, 10-year plan. And some people are just flowing through life. But you have to realize that age doesn't mean they have everything together. Because as we all know, we all have family members who are like 50 and 60 and you have that uncle or aunt that just can't get it together. And you're like, how am I 20, 30 whatever age I am, and I've already figured it out, and you're still struggling to figure it out. Two, three kids later, two, three divorces later, you just can't get it together. But it's a mindset. You have to want to figure it out. You have to want to make that change in your life. You have to want to go ahead and be that version of yourself that you're aiming to be. Um, So I would say definitely negotiable for some people but you know obviously that's why some people and some people they don't want to date under a certain age so negotiable could go both ways it could go as a non-negotiable and a negotiable because of the negotiable because they don't know what age frame they just more looking for a certain a comfort level or a certain thing and for the non-negotiables maybe uh, I've heard people say well they can't be under 25 because uh, I feel like people under 25 don't have their life in order. They don't have their stuff in order. And, you know, that's okay, too. It's all it's a preference. That's what negotiables and negotiables are. Uh, for some people, race is negotiable. They feel that they, they're not uncomfortable dating outside of their race. They're not um, afraid to date out of their race. Or they're not, you know, uh, or religion. They feel that, okay, yes, I might be this religion, but they're that religion and that's okay you know it it just depends for some people uh, race slash religion is a negotiable so it it makes sense you know uh, for me personally uh, on this topic it's semi-negotiable for me I would say you just have to believe in something like I can't I don't think I would feel comfortable raising kids with the atheist but it's just personal preference. So it doesn't necessarily mean I think less of, but I just would hate to give the kids such a mixed message of, okay, this is this is what I this is what dad believes in and mom believes in this. And then now they're deciding their whole life, do they wanna like believe in what dad believes in or do they wanna believe what mom believes in? 
and it just mixed messages. And I feel like it would affect a lot of other parts of our life too, uh, which is, you know, proven. So I don't knock anyone who's atheist. I don't, you know, everybody's entitled to believe whatever they want. I'm just saying as a negotiable, um, definitely would be like a semi-negotiable. Like, you know, maybe if you were uh, Catholic or something like that or something like that, understandable, you know, that could be negotiable. But I did hear from a lot of people that race and religion wasn't negotiable. So that's that's interesting, you know. Um, appearance uh, is a negotiable. Uh, for example, s- some ladies uh, feel that as long as the guy's taller than them, they're fine. And on the non-negotiable side of uh, appearance, uh, some ladies have said, oh, he has to be six foot. Now, mind you, they might be 4'11", 5'1", 5'2". They're little tiny people. And they're like, oh, no, my spouse has to be, you know, at least a foot taller than me. And I get it. You know, maybe you're, um, I have a friend that's 4'11", and she said, well, he has to be at least 6'2". I'm like, okay, well, that's definitely limiting your window. And, you know, the only hard thing about that negotiable is, and non-negotiable, is that you never know. Like, your spouse could be 5'9". And be an amazing person. Like everything you want out of a uh, a, that person or that one, uh, but you've automatically cut them off from the limbs because they weren't tall. And that's the only thing I've. That's why like well, one of the appearance factors where it's like, "Eh, it's so hard because like I get your personal preference, but you know just because the gentleman or the lady is a certain height doesn't make them a good person doesn't make them what you need in a spouse doesn't make them the one for you you know it's just a preference um so i definitely think that 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 one is definitely negotiable in a lot of people appearance you know some people look for certain traits in men maybe you want a muscular guy maybe you like skinny guys maybe you want a bigger guy you know maybe you enjoy having a big guy in winter time cuddle up or maybe you like your girls a little bigger or a little curvier you know whatever it is appearance wise i feel like um it's negotiable some some people are shallow so you have to be ready for um i'll give you an example um one young lady told me you don't have enough tattoos for me i was like okay you know i if if that's all, if that's a big determining factor of you choosing your man, okay, cool. You know, I automatically know you're not the spouse for me because you're shallow enough to believe that because I don't have enough ink, I'm less of a person. Or I remember one time it was like, well, your hair isn't, uh, dr- uh, you don't have dreads or you don't have this or you don't have that. And some of these things, when I, I, I was hurt, like what, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you and have an open moment. Um, I was hurt when I first heard that because I had never dealt with that kind of rejection. Like I've heard people say no and no thank you, you know, politely, but I've never heard someone openly tell me like, oh, you're not the one for me because you don't have dreads or you're not the one for me because you don't have enough tattoos or you're not light skin enough or you're not dark skin enough. And, you know, it was hurtful because it was something like out of my control. It's, it's kind of going back to like the height thing, like. I'm as tall as I am. Like, I can't, I can't go anywhere and become taller. Um, I could, obviously, I could get more tattoos, but I don't choose to, you know. And I could get dressed, but maybe my profession, I don't want to. Or maybe I just have no desire to wear a dress. So, 
you have to realize when you do tell people this, you have to be just a little bit more nicer on how you uh, say that because it can really hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, essentially, I mean, if that's your motive and that's what you want to do, you know, by all means, but it can really hurt someone's feelings to say, oh, you don't have enough tattoos. You don't have enough this. You don't have enough that. And it's something that's out of their control. Like, I'm only the complexion that I came out. Like, I can't be any lighter. I can't be any darker. I mean, obviously, you could tan and get a little darker, but I won't be that actual, you know, that's not my complexion. So, you know, negotiable things like appearance, it makes sense because there's, I've heard from several people that, that fell in love. And the best advice that I ever received was from my mom. She was like, you know what? Sometimes you go after a certain type and a certain look, and then your spouse maybe started off and they weren't this, the look or they weren't the height or whatever little small preference things that you thought. And then once you got to know them as a person and wants to see their character and their morals and their values, and you start realizing they're everything that you ever wanted and needed, and you become more and more attracted to this person because... the superficial and you just worry about what that person thinks of you, how that person treats you, how that person makes you feel, what is it that you do, what is it that they do to make you feel a certain way, do they always compliment you every time they see you, do they always give you a big hug, do they make sure you feel appreciated, do they go out of their way to make you feel special or do they go out of their way to make sure your day's going great what is it as far as that goes that makes you really feel that hey you know this person really cares and genuinely cares so yeah maybe he's not 6'3 or maybe she's not the curviest or maybe they're not this or that but this person generally cares about me as a person and generally loves me as a person and generally wants me to be great as a person. So this is the person I'm going to take my time, focus, and energy on. I'm not going to look, have my cake and be looking for something else. I'm not going to be, oh, well, this person's cool, but they're not everything I wanted. Give that person a try. Give that person a chance because a lot of people won't take the time to invest in you. They won't take the effort to invest in you. They won't care enough to invest in you and try to uh, work through whatever it is that you have to work through, whether it be baggage that you still haven't let go from an old relationship or something that's mentally bothering you, you know, something that's constantly on your brain. You can't figure out how to process it or how to deal with it or some trauma that you might have had in your past life. And if that person is willing to be there and hold your hand and be with you through all that and support you through all that, give that person a chance. You never know. They could be the one in the hiding. It's always you never know because you'll spend that time pushing that person to the side or disregarding that person or telling that person, oh, you're cool, but we're not really there or you're not on my level. Just take the risk. It's 2020. You know, the way 2020's been, 
the way this year is to have so many ups and downs and so many people who've passed away for due from this COVID and so many people who's lost their job, so many people who are just struggling with not having the normal way of life. Life's so short. Why not take the risk on someone who's trying to invest in you? Investing in you doesn't have to always be financial. It could be worrying about your mental health. It could be worried about your health, health, like as far as well, how you're eating, your dietary, you know, give that person the opportunity to uh, be the one. Don't be so quick to cut people off or shut people down or belittle them. Just take your time and see how that goes. And one of the final things um, that I heard was how big of a family. For some people, maybe they only want one child, two children. Some people didn't want any children, but their spouse, they love them, they care about them, they think they would be an amazing parent, so they're having their kids for their spouse. Like, it doesn't mean that, oh, I never wanted kids, and you're making me have them. It could be as simple as you see how your spouse lights up and how excited they get when they talk about kids, whether it be their nephews or nieces or the neighbor's kids. Or just random kids that they see, like, oh, look at this kid. You know, and you feel that and you want to provide that for them, whether it be adopting a kid, whether it be having, bearing a child, whatever it is. But you want to give that to them because it's something that you know they would not only succeed at, but excel at. And they would be a great parent and they would provide and be just that overall great spouse, that uh, overall great parent and spouse that you know that they always could be. So I just want to thank everybody for listening, tuning into the podcast. I have several other ideas for future podcasts. Uh, This will be a weekly podcast. I will post once a week. Uh, I didn't want to overload you with information. I didn't want to overload you with um, topics because I actually think about topics. I sit down, I process them, I brainstorm with people, and then I I, um, share it on my podcast. And I'm hoping that these podcasts can help you find the one, essentially. Um, It's definitely, I feel, the one, the reason I said it, finding the one, because to me, the sex doesn't matter, the gender doesn't matter, the relationship, whether it be a friendship, whether it be an actual relationship, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a business partner, whether it be a marriage, the, the actual one could be whatever it is you want that one to be. So I don't want you to think that it's just limited to a certain gender or a certain type of relationship. The one could be whatever it is that you choose it to be. So that's why I wanted to keep it vague on finding the one and not a specific finding your spouse or finding your wife or husband because maybe everybody's not searching for that. I I met someone recently who said they're looking for a business partner slash life partner. They have a lot of things, a lot of assets. They are very guarded about their assets. So they want someone else who has a lot of assets and that's guarded about their assets. Because what people don't know, as soon as you get married, your assets become joint. You can file taxes separately, but when you divorce, they start splitting everything up down the middle. 
So for some people, they just look for a life partner because they feel like, okay, I'm successful, I'm driven, I'm really at where I want to be in my career, and I really don't want to risk anything. I don't, I want, I want a partner, I want a travel partner or spouse, but I don't want the commitment of the legal tie commitment, the financial commitment, the how are we splitting bills, like all that comes with you know, being married, because those are all viable things. So it definitely understand it. It was a different way of thinking, and I'm opening my mind more and more all 2020 to different ways of thinking and processing things, because you never know situations, why people are the way they are. So for me, I was completely intrigued by this, because I thought about life partners, but I never considered it like that. Like, this person was established, this person was well off, so they wanted their partner to be established and well off, and they were fine with having their own home, and their partner having their own home, and they having their assets and businesses, and um, ventures that they have, and their partner having their assets and businesses and ventures that they have, and keeping everything separate, but they still sharing their life together. And I thought that was eye-opening because, like I said, the one could be whatever it is you want it to be. So I definitely hope I can help someone, uh, help people with whatever it is you're going through. Uh, again, love to hear any feedback, anything that you think of relevance as far as future topics, as far as comments, as far as you know criticism. I'm welcoming it at all. Uh, finding the one podcast at yahoo.com finding the one podcast at yahoo.com all i ask is that you be uh, respective and that you be positive you know because it's all good vibes all positive energy that's what i want to promote uh from now to the to the day they put me six feet under so you know it's definitely something that i feel that you know it just you put it out there and it comes back to you so karma's real So try to put out good karma, try to do a good deed this week, you know, try to be a light in somebody's life this week. And I look forward to episode three, having episode three with you. Episode three will be about abuse, mental versus uh, physical, and just uh, the differences of that. So uh, again, this is Reese signing off on Finding the One. Uh, I want, uh, one of the criticisms I heard was the hour was a little long for some people, so I tried to trim it down. I actually had it in two parts um, for you all, so you can kind of get it in, in parts, because I understand sometimes you can only have enough time to hear this part, and maybe you only have enough time to hear this part, so I definitely uh, was conscious of that and made sure to uh, keep that separate. So... Yeah, and I uh, just want to thank everybody, all the listeners. Uh, I love this app because you can see where people are listening from. You can see how many followers you have, how many people have listened to your channel. So it, it's definitely great. Uh, I definitely have a um, Instagram as well, finding, finding underscore the underscore one underscore podcast. Uh, we have an Instagram. We post there about new topics that are coming up. You have a good day.